Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban, here with my friend, Chabruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masach Megillah, daf Dalit, page four. So we really are introduced to a variety of halachot on this daf. Um, and one of the things I'm starting to see about Megillah, and I'm, you know, have looked ahead a little bit as well, there's a lot of jumping around from topic to topic. You're going to see that like walled cities is going to appear almost like on a bunch of different pages instead of sort of just giving us everything about the walled cities, you know, in one page. Um, I want to focus on one part here that's on Amadalas. But I'm a Rabbi Yeshua bin Levi. Nashim Chayabot bin Mikra Megillah. So Rabbi Yeshua bin Levi said, women are obligated in the reading of Megillah. Sha'af hein hayugo This is a very famous line of the Gemara because they too were part of the miracle, right? They, they themselves were physically saved. Now, it's interesting it's unclear why the Gemara brings us in now. We just got off a discussion about walled cities. Um, and the Gemara doesn't actually spend so much time on this and actually moves on quickly and just goes to another um, statement of Rabbi Yeshua. I'm a Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Purim shachali of Shabbat. When you have a Purim that falls on Shabbat, right, it's important on that day, even though you're not going to be reading the Gila, but you are supposed to sort of discuss the day. You're supposed to discuss things that have to do with, with, with Purim. My Ire Purim. So the Gemara says, why does Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi have a specific halacha around this about Purim? Afilu Yom Tov Nami. We know that this is true of Yom Tov as well. Ditanya. It's taught in a brisa. Moshe Tikain Lahem Li Yisrael Sheyu Sho'alim V'dorshim Binarno Sho'yom. Right? Moshe made a takana, right? That when you have a Yom Tov that falls out on Shabbat, again, people should be Sho'alim V'dorshim uh, on the Indian of that day, meaning if it's Shabbat, but it's also Pesach, you should spend some time talking and learning about Pesach. Hilchot Pesach with Pesach, Hilchot Atzerah Batzerah, Hilchot Chag Chag, right? So if it's Pesach, you talk about Pesach, right? Uh, if it's, uh, you know, Shavuot, you're going to talk about Shavuot, and if it's Sukkot, you're going to talk about Sukkot. Purim eats the Rechleis. So for Purim, why do we need that? It should be obvious. Mahu Ditema Nigzor Mishum Deraba Ka Mashmalan. So we might have said that what? That due to this concern of Rabbah, who said that Megillah isn't going to be read on Purim, that falls on Shabbat, because one might be concerned that you would actually carry the Megillah into the Rishus Rabbim. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi teaches us that, you know, you, that yes, you know, you, it, it's not um, learning about the halachot of the day doesn't, you know, it's something you should still do because we're not worried uh, you know, or sort of it's something you should do because, you know, you aren't reading the Megillah actually on Shabbat. Now, I have a couple of questions about this. First of all, this whole, you need to know that. Like, that's not clear what the Gezerah of Rabbah is. The other thing, Anne, that I absolutely cannot figure out is, is the jumping of generations. Rabbah is an Amora, and it's referring to a specific Gezerah that he made. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is a Tana. And it's fascinating here, sort of this interplay of like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi's teaching is in response to an Amora's teaching. But chronologically, that cannot be true. And I don't understand this at all. Meaning the fact that the editors of the final text of the Bavli that we have kind of made generations talk to each other that couldn't do Yes, have? yes, yes. Now, yes, but I think- we see this in some cases. It's not that we never see it. I just want to point it out. It's very striking in this case. That's all. Right. But I think that it works, meaning if you took away the names, and I'm not saying we should take away the names, I'm just saying that in terms of the point and counterpoint of the discussion, 
it, it works, right? Like, I oh, think that's why they do it. Right. If you take away the names of the generations, it absolutely works. But I just want to point out sort of the name and no piece doesn't work. Um, and, and I respect that, you know, in other words, like there, that's part of the beauty of Talmud itself is that they're sort of not paying attention to chronology. Or you have a teaching here and a teaching there. We can combine it to make one sense of halakha. Finally, we have a third teaching of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, that a person is obligated to read the Megillah at night and then repeat it during the day. And what's interesting here is they pull sort of a very random pasuk from Tehillim. It's not even a quote from Megillah Esther um, that that talks about sort of, you know, calling God, um, you know, by day and, and at night, right? It says, and it's, a, it's, it's chapter 22, verse 3 in Tehillim, um, and so they get this. So some students understood the statement to me that you read the Megillah at night and you study its Mishnah by day. That that's what Lishnotam means, right? Right. So Rabbi Yermia says it explained to me personally by Rabbi Chia Baraba himself, right, that Lishnota means that I will, you know, I I I will conclude this section and repeat it. Meaning, so Lishnota means to repeat, not that you're going to study it. So that's how they understand Rabbi Shuvan Levi's statement. So it's showing us there was some confusion um, about that statement as well. And then they go on, eat Marnami, I'm a Rabbi Chilba, I'm a Ula. Uh, Bira, right? So we have uh, Bira. We, uh, so Rechovo said in the name of Rabbi uh, of Ula Bira. So again, the same statement as Rabbi Yeshua. Here they quote a different pasuk in Tehillim. It's chapter 30, uh, uh, verse 13. May sing praise you and not be silent. You know, I will give you, God, I will give you things forever. So singing praise and not being silent is sort of an allusion to reading Megillah by night and day. I, to me, this is very clear, and that like there obviously was a custom to read it at night and day. There's nothing explicit mentioned in, in Megillah Esther about it. And so there's sort of, this is a real asmachta. It's really hanging your hat on a real allusion in a pasuk. Um, as I think a way of justifying a particular custom that had already taken hold. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, right. You know, and again, it's one it's speculation. Notice, but... like, the first step really talked about, like, to get the halacha, it quoted, you know, from uh, Miguel Esther itself. And this one is not to get to the halacha, which is very striking. Okay, I'm going to jump now towards the end of Ambet, uh, not the very end, but close to there, where we have a counter to Rebuta Anasi's position of the days of when the Megillah is going to be read from the first Mishnah. Now we've got a Brita that's going to, it seemingly counters his opinion. Uh, Vesavi Rebbe, meaning Rebuta Anasi, does he really think, does he really hold? I wrote Lo Liomaknisa. Does he really think that you do not move the day of reading the Megillah in the Ayarot, in the cities, to Yomaknisa. Yomaknisa is the market day. Meaning, would you really not move it to that, let's say, the Monday or the Thursday, in this case, the Thursday? Vahatanya, because we've got a break that says, Chali Opa Shabbat. Meaning, if the 14th falls out on Shabbat, Kfarim Maktimili Yomaknisa, the villages, the small villages, 
will read early, meaning on the Thursday beforehand, and then and then the large cities will read on Erev Shabbat on Friday. And then the large, the walled cities would read the next day. And the meaning here is the next day, meaning after Shabbat, not on, not the next day of the Friday, which would be Shabbat, but to read it on Sunday. Rabbi Omer, Omer Ani, Ho'il Venitchu, I wrote Mimkobad, Yitchulio Mekdisa. Rabbi Yudha Nasi says, Well, since we've already moved the reading of the reading of the Megillah from Shabbat to Friday, let them go all the way back to Yom Aknisa, meaning to a Thursday, once they're already not reading on Shabbat itself. Right? Why doesn't he think that way? Meaning, if the if we've got a Brighta where he himself in his own name suggests this, then why doesn't the Mishnah say that? Hachi hashta. So the Gemara says, you can't really compare these, right? What now? Hatam zmanam shabbati. So the Gemara says that the time to read, meaning the really the official time to read the Megillah, was going to be Shabbat, meaning the 14th day is Shabbat, and that's the official time for reading Megillah. So the, he says the difference is once you're moving the time that you're reading because you don't want to read on Shabbat, which we'll talk about in a moment, and really that's the reason that I wanted to read this passage, but in the case where you've got a, a moving, where you're, where Shabbat, I'm sorry, where where the 14th falls out on Friday, then why would you have the same problem? The proper time of reading would be Friday. And so then there's no need to move it to the to the Thursday. So then the Gemara goes on. Kaman Azla Had Amar Rebi Khalbo Amar Revhuna. So according to whose opinion is the following. The Reb Khalbo said that Revhuna said, namely, Puram Shachali Opishabat, Akolni Tchinli Yomasa. So according to Rebbe Khalbo said the Reb Huna said, according to Revhuna, the moment you have the 14th fallout on a Shabbat, then Everybody should go read on Yom HaKnisa. That's a pretty strong statement, especially when you think about Shushan Purim. But that's what that's what it seems to be. HaKol Nidchin Sal Kedaitach. So the Gemara says, really, everybody's going to move to Yom HaKnisa, to the market day? Vaha'ika Mukafin Da'avdei Lamachar. Right? So what? why not just have the walled cities read the next day, meaning on Sunday? This, of course, was my question as well. Ela Kol Yitcha So then, the position here is that once you've got everybody moving, then you can say that that once you're once you're moving the date, so you defer it or you makdim it, you make it earlier to the market day. Come on, and who is that opinion like? Like Rabbi Yudha Nasi. So this again, it seems to be a counter to Rabbi Yudha Nasi's position in the Mishnah that we have in this Masachet. And then Dekule Alma Miha Megillah B'Shabbat Lo Karinan. The Gemara moves off this question of the days which is a little bit of a relief because it's hard a little bit sometimes to keep track of all of them and makes the point, which I think is essential to, to understanding really a good amount of how Megillah is handled. Everybody agrees that, that when um, the 14th falls out on Shabbat or in any case, really that we do not read Megillah on Shabbat. But um, again, I'm going to read it again to Kule Alma Miha Megillah B'Shabbat Lo Karinan. Maitama, why not? What's the reason? Everybody is obligated in the reading of the Megillah. But not everybody is an expert. 
We've made reference to this many, many times. And the parallel case to this, of course, is the Tiyat Shofar, the blowing of the shofar, where again, we don't blow shofar on Shabbat. So there's a decree, right, that they made to not read Megillah on Shabbos. So lest you would take it in your hand, you would carry the Megillah to go to the somebody who's the expert to find the person who's the expert to to hear it as little mode, meaning to teach you how to read it. I would say, or just to read it, right? And the concern, of course, is literally carrying four amot in the public domain and thereby desecrating Shabbat. So, and the same reason, the Gemara goes on to say the same reason for Shofar and the same reason for Lulav. And, of course, we've discussed this in each of those cases, right? In the case of Shofar and the case of Lulav. I just like the fact that here, we, you know, we've got it explicit again, that there's a recognition that when there's something that's a high skill kind of thing, that um, rather than say that it's more important than Shabbat, it's not. This is a rabbinic holiday. And the... Even chauffeur, right? Meaning we, the Chazal had it within their rights to say, we're going to push this off. We're going to make it earlier. We're going to make it later. We're not going to risk carrying on Shabbat, which again, attests to the power of Shabbat. So I think this actually answers a previous comment I made about those two psukim from Tichilim. And I think, you know, what we're seeing here, remember how in Masachat Eruvin, we commented on, there's like no Midrash Halakha, right? Because Eruvin is essentially a rabbinic enactment. So there's no text that they're learning any of the laws from. So I should have sort of, you helped me figure that out. That's why they're basing that about reading it during the night and the day on these Pesukim and Tehillim. Because at the end of the day, it's a rabbinic enactment, right? This is a rabbinic holiday. It's not a Dara holiday. And therefore, the rabbis will establish it the way that they see fit. So adding a little Pesuk here or there is nice. But let's really be honest. It's, this is all rabbinic law. So I agree with you. The one caveat I would say is that we learn a great deal about the observance of Purim itself from the text of Purim, which is the Megillah itself. So it's not Torah, right? But the it's same way that there's a rabbinic holiday. That's what I would it? say. It's like in between. Like you have a Reuben on one end. You have, you know, Shabbos and the holidays on another end. Purim's like in between. It's, it's And there's it's, a text for it. Right. It's right? rabbinic, but there still is a text. But because it's rabbinic, we're not necessarily obliged to find everything in the text itself. That's interesting. Well, we'll see how this unfolds, I think. There certainly is a very careful attention. And you you yourself did this, right? You read this part on um, on Amud Bet, right? Where there's very careful attention to each little, you know, plural, let's say, in the section of the Megillah that talks about establishing the holiday for the generations. Right. So I think let's we'll, let's, we'll see how this plays out. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.